The following program is for adult audiences only. Strap yourself in because we're set up, switched on, and ready to go. In this episode, Rick and Steven discuss fear frequency, paranormal degrees, vampires, and so much more. Happening now on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. This is your show. And welcome one and all to another edition of the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk. We are your hosts, ghost hunters and authors, and Lancaster and myself, Rick Hale. Steven, welcome back, man, to another episode. Thank you for welcoming back to, to uh, your you know, own our show. own show. I mean, uh, that's fantastic. I've actually been considering changing the name to Shadow Initiative uh, Pollination Talk. It's pollen, like, why is that a pollen man is it not bad in your area oh yeah you know what not yet because uh believe it or not we have got almost a half an inch of snow yesterday which is completely insane but uh no actually yeah it is starting to happen a little bit it's like my, i got like, like a tightness in my chest every once in a while you know a yeah. little bit of you know achiness going on there but uh yeah you know otherwise it's um it's not too bad just yet. I would give it another two or three weeks. Let it be consistently in the 50s or 60s. And then it's really going to suck And for people like us or like myself until the start of June. Yeah. So for uh, the next few months, ladies and gentlemen, you guys will hear two nasal hosts. <laughs> just fantastic. That is, it's a very appealing voice. Everybody loves it. You know, mm-hmm. how weird would it be if, like, you know, pollen affects us, but what if it mm-hmm. affected us the same way it affected plants? Oh, like we were going, growing flowers and stuff like well, that? not necessarily growing flowers. It's like all Weeps. of a sudden your bald spots started having hair again. <laughs> you know, That dude, would be fantastic. Yes! I, I would go outside, dude, by the shovel loads, and I would be dumping that shit down my pants. <laughs> Gross. So, uh, <laughs> use your own imagination. No, I'd rather not use my imagination in a, in a time like this. As a matter of fact, right before we started the show, I said I was going to share a quick story with you. This is mm-hmm. how small of a world it is. Even though, I mean, you know how majorly famous I am. I mean, you you know know this. Yes, you are so famous. I I'm like I I am. It just just being in your presence, it's just it, it's that that fame is just you know washing out of me. You're so full of shit. But yeah, proceed. Right. So, um, well, you do know truthfully that I'm really I don't like that side of things. You know, I don't right. like the whole para celebrity thing. I, I I just rather not be bothered. To be honest. That's not mm-hmm. being rude. I just that's just not for me. Like you know, book signings and stuff. Yeah, I do them, but I'd honestly rather not. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so it it's been about like ten years or so, and I decided to join the workforce again because <clears throat> I have two more books. One's getting released at the end of, of this year, and then one more next year, and that's it. I'm done. So uh, you're not writing any more books after these, right? There, there's the oh, the okay. one, yeah, the one coming out this fall is the haunts and haints of North Carolina. Just focuses on North Carolina, mm-hmm. and then uh, a Norman anthology book that's been requested um, by my publisher. So it'll be a really like the biggest book I've ever written. It's going to be like eight hundred and some pages, is what I got so far. It's going to be like a Stephen King book. Anyway, yeah, it's a huge book. So, long story short, I I, I started too late work working out in uh. <laughs> working out in reality world now and uh right i'm not gonna say where but i i was there the other day and there's like uh three areas where you can talk to employees okay and 
I sit in the furthest area away from the door. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, last dude on the left. You know what I'm saying? Like, because right. I don't, I don't want to be bothered. <laughs> I don't want to have to do what I'm being paid to do. So, uh, anyways, long story short, I hear this couple talking to one of my associates and I hear the fucking paranormal word come up and I'm like, Oh my God, dude, please don't say anything. Please don't say anything. That's cause you know, my associates know all about it. You know what I'm saying? And, sure, sure. and, and I'm just like, God damn, please don't say anything. And of course my buddy, who's just as big of an asshole as we are, He's like, well, you know, my, Stephen right here, he writes paranormal books and blah. I'm like, you motherfucker. So here come these two people. And they're like, and they're oh, like, oh, my God, of course, Stephen Lancaster. I love him so much. It was almost like that. Because I, I, yeah. I wear, yeah, I wear my fedora at work. And that's kind of my thing. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's surprise. the guy's like, dude, we just literally seen you on the travel channel like last night and i'm like mm -hmm. really and and, and he's, he's like yeah we've seen you a couple times on there and dude it just dude they asked me for an autograph do you know how embarrassing that is because i just i don't see the importance in that and i don't want to be no. insulting it's but it's just like okay so i took a little note card signed it gave it to him and they're like well now now that we know that you're here and they start telling me about their haunted house. And this is the shit I tried to avoid. <laughs> you know, because then it's people coming in just to tell me this shit. I don't want to hear it. I'm out of that but game. You know what? I really hope that they're not listening to the show. Oh, they because, probably are. I told you know, them about I, the podcast. <laughs> oh, okay, good. I, I, I wouldn't want them to be insulted. But, uh, yeah, you know, I, 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 I get it. No, actually, I don't get it because I've never been in that kind of a situation before but um yeah i mean hey you know not only that too it probably you know it could bring you some business yeah i it mean bring it you, could. Some, you know some stuff and yeah well what's what's cool Absolutely. about it, it if you remember a few shows back i was mentioning the uh the new cell phone that uh caterpillar makes that comes mm -hmm. equipped with a thermal camera nice you know so if these ghost people start rolling into my store hey you guys need this phone. It comes with yeah. a thermal camera. So, yeah. Nice. So, hey, yeah, I mean, that's cool. You know, I mean, it's, I, I you know what, it, though, it, I, I know that you say that you don't really want to be a part of that kind of thing. And, and really, by extension, neither do I. But you know what, there's, there's something that's really awesome about somebody who comes up to you and says, you know what, man, I dig what you do. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's, a, there's a certain responsibility to it. You know, because you don't want to be an asshole if they're buying your books and they're watching your shows sure. and stuff like that. You know, there's a certain responsibility to it. it it's just like you got to know when you're on the clock and when you're not, I guess. Right. right. You know, because the last thing it's like we were very, very, very careful with the Norman thing, you know, mm -hmm. because the last thing we wanted was our house to become the Norman house. Where people right. find our house or taking their little selfies out front. You know, I'm I'm out there, beer gut hanging over out there in my boxers, water in the lawn, and I'm in the, you know, no, no. I, people don't need to see With that. With your white, white socks and black sandals, yeah. No, I, I get it, man. Yeah. Well, you know, that that's constantly a problem in, um, you know, with like these places that go on television, these, these private homes. Or even, you know, you know, for example, the Amityville house. I right. mean, the people who have owned the Amityville house after the Lutzes were all like, hey, we have people coming up to our house. They're looking in our windows, knocking on our door, asking if we can, you know, see the ghosts and if the place is haunted. And it's like, you know, I hear that a lot. And I, can, I, I can't imagine what a immense pain in the ass something like that would be. Well, you know, I, I don't know how. I, I'm kind of the opposite. It's like moving to Florida and then complaining about hurricanes. You know, sure. if you're going to buy the fucking Amityville house, you know damn well what's coming with that. Right. right. You know what or I'm the, saying? Or the Conjuring house or right. whatever. You know, it's like the, the, the family that bought uh, the Goonies house. You knew mm -hmm. you were buying a, a house from a beloved popular film. And they're pissed because people are always taking pictures of it, you know? Oh, yeah. 
you can have nerds like us showing up on your doorstep. Yeah, can you take exactly. a selfie in front of the Goonie house? Yeah. Dude, can nah, I do the and I shovel? totally get it. You know? <laughs> you know what, though? It's it's interesting because, you know, on the opposite side of that, there's houses like the um, um, Home Alone house, which is mm-hmm. here in the Chicagoland area. They actually embrace this. Yeah. And they they have like a bed and breakfast where they allow people to come in and they got the house set up like Kevin had it all set up. So, yeah, I mean, you know, with, with there's you take the good, you take the bad, you take them both. And there you have. I set you up, man. The facts of life. Come on, dude. I wasn't going to I wasn't putting myself in that one, man. Oh, damn. You, so, may hey, been you, a, know, you may have been a 2D fan or Joe. I, I, why do I know this? I, but. Joe and Tootie were the cutest ones on the show. But um, so, you know, I got a couple of things, you know, I it's it's it's, of course, not going to match in any way your, you know, story of uh, fame. But, um, you know, last weekend I had a investigation mm-hmm. with uh, U.S. Paranormal Research. We had Brian on the show uh, a couple months ago, and I can't really say where it was, but um, it was definitely an interesting um, investigation. We had, you know, things like footsteps and, you know, things that sound like they were being open and closed. Um, you know, nothing really in, in, you know, like sightings of apparitions or anything like that. But, you know, we're just kind of waiting to go over all the uh, evidence. And when the evidence happens, you know, I can at least share something of it. But it was it was a cool investigation. It was it was the second time back to this place. I missed the first time. Um, so I felt really fortunate that I was that we were able to go back. That's awesome. You know, I, yeah. I'm, I'm probably in, after I get done the few things I want to do this year, project wise, um, I'm probably going to go back to assembling a team and this team it is probably going to become, well, like my old team, uh, the most hated team in the paranormal, <laughs> you know, why is that? Because, you know, being older now and wiser now, it, it's not all about, oh, man, I, I was just in that room and I, I saw a shadow figure and just everybody goes along with it. OK, yeah. You know, I, I, like I, like we talked a few shows back, it, it's there's no there's no science to anything, man. It's just mm-hmm. every, everything's taken for, for face value. Oh, oh I yeah. felt this cold spot. Oh, OK. You know, it's nothing, nothing is being argued. No no comparable data is being brought to the table. You know, I I was thinking about fear frequency last night and I I don't know if you remember, um, uh, probably 12, 13 years ago, I briefly, briefly was a co-host on a show called fear frequency. Yes, I I do remember. I came up with the name based on what actual fear frequency is. And I thought the show was going to end up being something that it ended up turning out not to be. And I left the show in about three months. Nothing against the other co-hosts or anything like that. It's just I wanted a scientific-based show, and it just kind of kind of turned into just more of the TV kind of thing with mm-hmm. these two guys. But, uh, again, I, I have no problem with either one of them. It just wasn't for me. But it's like there we've talked about it before, man, with like molds and mildews. Right, you know, right. and things like that that can cause hallucinations. You know, nobody's checking this stuff. Nobody's doing any testing on this stuff. You mm-hmm. know, you're in these old buildings and nobody's testing this stuff. That could very well explain what you just think you saw. Yeah. You know, and fear fear frequency is the same way, man. I, you may you may have heard about it in a different way, but um, essentially. 18.9 megahertz mm-hmm. is what's dubbed the fear frequency. What yeah, it's eight, in, in, in infrasound. Right, correct. And it actually, you don't you don't notice it, like you don't feel the effects, but it mm-hmm. actually vibrates your eyes. Right. Okay, so this low frequency, if you're in a building, let's say, and there is something in that building giving off that frequency, it will cause you to hallucinate. Mm-hmm. So where are the tests being done for that? You know, I read a really good paper um, from one of the psychical research societies uh, that was fantastic. And I, I wish I could remember the name of the, the guy who wrote it. But but he was saying they had went to this abandoned building and one of, one of their colleagues claimed to have seen an apparition. 
Mm-hmm. And they ran through scientific tests of molds and mildews and, you know, other possible chemicals, asbestos, stuff like that. And mm-hmm. they found this old, big kind of like exhaust fan that kind of ran through the building. Mm-hmm. And the home that it gave off was exactly the fear frequency. Well, see, here's the interesting thing that you bring this up. Like, you know, the 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 um, the investigation that we did last month in Chicago um, in a private residence, they had the Metro train, which ran in one area, like right by their house. And then right behind their house, they had the Chicago L, which is, you know, the tra- the CTA train uh, for people who don't know what the L is. Um, and both of these are giving off, you know, really, really high infrasound. Mm-hmm. Now, okay, I can see that, you know, people are affected by this, obviously, you know, especially with, um, with, with the clients, um, at this house, they're, they're around it constantly. So that infrasound could be affecting them in some way, but. We got some pretty interesting evidence, and uh, I'm trying to get Brian to send it to me, but there was a video that we caught in the basement, which is the most um, active area of the house, where the rug was was moved one way, and the camera that we had sitting on the rug, and I put the camera there, so Mm -hmm. I knew exactly where it was. The rug was moved to the right. The camera was moved to the left. There was nobody in the basement at this time. This mm-hmm. was when the three of us were upstairs kind of, you know, discussing how we were gonna, going to proceed for the night. So, yeah, I can understand how that would affect somebody who is there, you know, 24-7, 365 days a year, whatever. They, they work there, they're there constantly. But when, when we're there and we're experiencing this stuff, and we were only there for maybe three or four hours... So it's not going to affect us right away, and certainly infrasound is not going to cause uh, a rug to move one way and a camera to move the other. But um, yeah, I mean, I do, I do understand that, and I do know that. I, I just wish that more of us had the um, had the technology and the ability to test for things like infrasound, because this gear is expensive. It is. It it is. And but but it makes you like. Again, we've talked about it before, you know, it, it makes you think that this is why science doesn't take ghost hunters seriously, because you're not actually researching anything. You're just talking well, you about, on- you're just talking about your experiences is, is essentially what it breaks down to, unless you've got yeah. something on video or something on audio. But even then that stuff needs analyzed too. And there's a million right. ways to hell and back to do it. Well, you got on these television shows, people are farting and it's like, oh, my God, it's a demon talking to us. Right. Or, you know, like, you know, with uh, with uh, Jack Osborne, with him, you know, kicking the wall and then saying that something was knocking on the wall. But yeah, but but these these are examples of why mainstream science does not take parapsychology and psychical research seriously, because there's just too much too many variables that are involved that do come off as being unscientific. Well, not only that, they, they, it's like the, the research. Well, I don't even want to call them a research community. The paranormal investigators, um, they're, they're, they might be missing the boat because you know, what if you spent more time scientifically breaking everything down, you might find that key. That unlocks it all. What if the fear frequency, yeah, it causes you to hallucinate because that's what we refer to when you see something that's not there. Sure. But that's assuming you're hallucinating. What if that fear frequency is actually putting you in tune with what is there? Right, right. You see what I'm saying? But nobody's going down that road to prove something like that over and over again. There's no control testing. Right. There was a television show, and I think it was on the History Channel. It was maybe 10 or so years ago. And they did um, get together all of these, you know, eminent scientists, you know, physicists and and whatever, and, you know, bring them together. And I think that television show lasted like two or three episodes because nobody nobody wants to see that. 
they want to see the Zacks of the world, right. you know, freaking out. And they want to, you know, they, they, they want to hear horror stories rather than what the truth is. So, but with that being said, you know, let's, I, I want to talk about uh, my second thing real quick before we have to go to a break. And then we, excuse me, then we bring Heather on. So over at SpookyIsles.com, which is a website that I write for, we have an event going on um, for the month of April. It is a huge series written by myself about Britain's greatest ghost hunter and probably the most scientific uh, ghost hunter that has ever been, uh, Mr. Peter Underwood. Uh, it is a five-entry series on some of his his most remarkable um, investigations. So, you know, if you're interested and you want to know a little bit more about uh, Peter Underwood and, and why I'm such a Peter Underwood fanboy, you know, go over to SpookyIsles.com and check it out for yourself. And, and I guarantee you will come away with an appreciation for the man who was called on more than one occasion the Sherlock Holmes of the paranormal. Ooh, ooh, I like that. I thought you might like I that. I like that. Well, I'm, I'm having to reevaluate my my labels now. Mm-hmm. Do I move on from Gray Fox the Paranormal to I see I can't do Sherlock Holmes because that's already been taken. You can't. You can't do it. It's already been taken by a guy who literally who was the Sherlock Holmes of the Paranormal. Maybe I'll be like the Iron Man. The Iron Man of the Paranormal. The Iron Man of the, the Tony Stark. The Tony Stark of the Paranormal. You know, because of all the tech and geek stuff. That makes sense. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely, I would, I would, I would go with. The, you know what? Yes, go with that. I'm going with it. Go I'm with going it. Going with it. All right, because everybody knows. I mean, they compare me to Robert Downey Jr. Anyway, you know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, oh, I hear absolutely. that all the time. I hear yep. that all the time. Uh, okay, well, man, let's take a, a break, and you guys check out these commercials from our fine sponsors that pay us the big, big bucks so we can afford our Mustangs and you know <laughs> the, the luscious lifestyle that we live. Um, <laughs> our, our, our uh, Steven, Steven's white snake and uh, Def Leppard tapes for his Mustang. Yeah, absolutely. Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes. You are listening to Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with authors and ghost hunters Stephen Lancaster and Rick Hale. He's alive. This is your show. Hello, Rick. Hey, Steven. I want to play a game. <laughs> well, I've already lost one leg. I can't afford to lose another. <laughs> Where is my video, dog? Did I not do... Oh, there it is. Day. Okay. There it is. Yay! I knew you were. You would miss it if it wasn't there. <laughs> oh, my God, Steven. We love you so much. Shut up. You're so famous. Shut up. Oh, God. Gonna have to start wearing a hoodie when I'm out in public. <laughs> Some dark sunglasses. <laughs> putting that putting that mask back on your face. I don't want anybody to know who I am. That's like the dude, Iron I, Man of the Paranormal. Excuse I had this guy <laughs> this guy say to me the other day, he came in the store and he's like, I know you. And uh I'm looking at him like I always feel bad when people say that because I don't know who they are. And, and I was like, and you are? He goes, well, I've just seen you. I've just seen, which was kind of creepy. But he's just like, I've just seen you around town. He's like, you're the only guy that walks around town with that hat. <laughs> with the fedora. <laughs> so I guess I, I didn't really think about that. That I'm probably a character to all these probably, people out there. You probably think you're like a homeless guy. You know, <laughs> they're just, you know, they're like, there's the fedora guy again. I wonder what he what he's really like. They don't want to know. <laughs> Famous people. They're just like us. Oh, Jesus. Oh, hey, you know, I was at another secondhand bookstore yesterday, man, and I found Dark Spirits. Really? So somebody loved your yeah, somebody loved your work that much that they you decided just, to share it with the world at discount prices. <laughs> you just keep twisting the knife. You really do. You really do. First is the two oh, Norman right. books. You know, then it's Dark Spirits, which I hated Dark Spirits anyway. Hey, I hated that. 
oh man, I see, I saw it, and I was like, yeah, I know that guy. <laughs> I want to. What's the name of this store? Because I'm going to call him. I'm going to call him. Half, Half Price Books. And, Half Price uh, Books. In, Half Price Books in Vernon Hills. We have three of them. We have one in Vernon Hills, one in Algonquin, and another one I think is in, I want to say is in Des Plaines. But uh, yeah, this one is in Vernon Hills. They, uh, yeah. they, they, actually, they, they actually carry their books in there quite regularly. So people really, really love those books. And then, now, have you opened these books? Were they books that I've signed? Mm-mm. No. Okay, because if somebody's getting rid of something personal like that, that would bother me. Hey, I keep I keep your books, and you know, and believe it or not, I treasure them. I really do. Oh, buddy. No, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I'm starting to think you're the one planting these books in these stores. You sneak in instead of stealing something, you're like taking something out and putting it there. No. Hey, my my local library does carry both the the, the two Norman books. Well. Hopefully it'll educate today's youth. I got to be honest with you, man. I would. I, I get more pleasure out of knowing that a book that I that I have written is in a library rather than actually selling it. Yeah, that's just me because I'm a nerd with libraries. I like that too. That that was um, an old uh, colleague from high school. Uh, he ended up becoming a teacher uh, at a, a school in Ohio. And of course, mm-hmm. we're connect. We're connected on Facebook, and it was so cool when he asked me. He said, "Man, would you send send our school copies of your books so we can put them in the library here at the school?" Yeah, he said, "I think that'd be so cool because we went to school together, and I'm, you know, I'm a teacher now." And I said, like, "Hell yeah, man, that's awesome!" Yeah, you know, I've only ever found one of my books in in a library, and it was. I didn't. I mean, I, I didn't find it because I was like, I searched it because I was curious. You know, it was when my first book came out. I'm like, all right, I want to see how my first book is doing. I found one in a small town, Iowa, and it was my very first one. Um, the you know, Geeks Guide, Guide Strange and Unusual, guys. Yep. Yeah, the Geeks Guide. Yeah, that was the only library that I have ever found it. But just knowing that there's a possibility that some eight-year-old like myself. When I was eight years old, looking for books on ghosts and the paranormal, you know, I'd say, hey, this one looks interesting. So, yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, get, I get a greater pleasure out of that. Yeah, you ought, to, um, you ought to tune in to my live stream that I do every Friday night. Because um, here locally, we do a Rick Hale book burning. <laughs> we, we live stream it. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That was uh, that was me, man. I know. <laughs> yeah, me. Um, anything interesting that you've seen in? Oh, you know what? Hey, let's let's talk about what we were talking about while we were on the break with the uh, the uh, Ghostbuster show. Oh yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah. That sounds like a joke to me. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of hoping that that's what it was. So I'm um, I'm. It was April first, obviously April Fool's Day. And uh, I see this article that says that that Netflix is going to be having a live action Ghostbusters show, and it's going to be bringing back uh, Wolfhard and McKenna Grace from the the latest and really really good Ghostbusters Afterlife. But then it was going to have another person on this, and you know, sure, he's one of the biggest stars in the world, and of course, I'm talking about Dwayne the Rock Johnson, one of the biggest stars in the world. That he was attached to this show. Now I don't know about you, Steve. I I I like a few of his movies. I mean, he seems to be like a like a super chill kind of dude. But man, he doesn't need to be everywhere. <laughs> he, this it's just you know puts him, puts him in that. The the Ghostbusters franchise has never been about buffness and muscle. It's about your average Joe. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that's just not fitting at all. What I would like to see is a Ghostbusters series with a nice, nice budget to it that was bookended by the, the, the originals. You know, if you, if you remember like, um, the young Indiana Jones Chronicles in the nineties, 
Yeah, that was those are actually pretty good. Really good. And Harrison Ford book ended. You know, he was old indie telling the story of his younger adventures. And of right, course right. it would cut to a younger version of him. What would be cool is if now we're now that the Ghostbusters are back and it's kind of a worldwide thing, maybe they have divisions in different areas. Uh, maybe the show follows one division in particular and you have like Dan Aykroyd or Ernie Hudson or whatnot kind of bookend episodes, you know, more like a Charlie's Angels kind of feel, you know, uh, where they're the old guys that don't really go out into the field anymore. They're kind of there at the beginning of the episode. Look, here's the case we got for you guys. We're sending you out, you know, that that would be be really cool because, they're you know, Ghostbusters has the potential to have that same growth and universe mm-hmm. as Star Wars. You know, it can really just Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's you know, what can do with it. it it's a huge universe, man, that that you can fit into any generation now. So, I, I'd love to see that. Sure. I know they're t- they're already talking about the next movie. Yeah, you, we kind of knew mm-hmm. that was going to happen, but um we I think we could learn a lesson from from waiting too long with the loss of Harold Ramis, it's like, look, if, let's make the best of what we've got right now, you know, before these guys are gone, you know? Right. Yeah. But that's, you know, I think that that was one of the good things about having such a young cast in, in the, the, uh, the, the three primaries of the movie McKenna Grace and Finn Wolfhard and the kid that played podcast. I mean, it's hopefully that these are, you know, actors that will come back, reprise their roles, and they're going to be able to be there for a while. I mean, you know, you got guys like Paul Rudd, who I'm convinced is either an immortal or a vampire. Um, he could, <laughs> it never changes. Um, he, um, you know, he it's could like John do Stamos. movies for a while. I like Joe. What is with that guy? Yeah, exactly. Vampires. Vampires. Uh, it's eight. You know what? Vampires, time travelers, immortals, whatever, there could be only one. You know, that was a question I, I brought up to a colleague of mine. Um, would If you had the opportunity, would you choose to be a vampire? I gave a resounding yes. And it, and it brought up a really good argument well, or debate, let's say. Mm-hmm. We weren't really arguing. Just he said, why, though, man? Because the first thing that came to his mind was you would have to sit and watch all of your loved ones die around you. See, that's that that that's where I come down on it. It's like, yeah, you know what? It sounds like super cool, and you know, and and you know, vampires are sexy and and whatever. But um, yeah, man, I I, I just don't I don't think I could watch my son grow old and then die while I continue, you know, living on and on. I just don't think I could do that. But I threw him for a loop. I said, but, yeah. I said, yeah, you're looking at it like that, but I view it as for the rest of time, I get to follow generation after generation of my bloodline. Mm-hmm. You know, I get to see, see what nobody else could ever see. Like you, like you said with your son, your son grow up, get married, get old, die, his kids grow up. You get to watch that forever. Mm-hmm. Watch this lineage forever. You know, and, and not only that, just on my side of things, you think I got an antique and vintage collection now? <laughs> oh, Imagine, yeah. you know, like Highlander, you know, Adrian, you know, having the, the museum or, you know. I was, yeah, the yeah, antique shop. I was about to say that. I mean, there's there's that one scene, first Highlander movie, where he opens the doors and there is like all of this amazing stuff that he has collected over the years i mean the the armor and the swords and it's just yeah i mean that part of it would be cool yeah and being you know being immortal and being able to fly and you know i just feed off chickens you know what i mean whatever that's fine but yeah Yeah, but you know when it i was just gonna say when it comes to vampires though it's like you have the the real vampire of folklore and then you have the vampire of the movies, which the real vampires of folklore are pretty much the walking dead rather than being, you know, sparkly, pretty boys. Pretty boys, and, yeah. Uh, 
in, in, in finery, you know, running around all like, I'm so in love with the human, but I can't be with that human forever. It's like that that's not the vampire of folklore. No. You know, that 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 made me think of something when when you oh, have you ever seen Dracula Untold? No, that is one that I have not seen yet, but I hear it's really good. Yeah, my wife watched it uh, like a month ago, and she's like, this is a good movie. you got to check this out. And it was so interesting because it was about Vlad, right? Mm-hmm. And they, they're, they're kind of interweaving actual historical facts, but they kind of make him the anti-hero, where mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to save his people against this huge army that basically wants his land. And he finds the original vampire in this cave. And cuts a deal with him. It's like, look, uh, you can become immortal. You can be, you'll be, you'll have the strength of a hundred men, you know, blah, 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 blah. This will help you destroy this army. But if you feed within three days, then you become a vampire forever. Okay. So he did it to save his family and his people. And then, of course, you know, He's getting weaker as it goes along, wanting that, you know, that thirst is kind of overcoming him to where he'll, he eventually becomes Dracula, you know. But, yeah, it, yeah. yeah it, it made it out like what he was doing initially was for good, which was interesting. Yeah. You know, I, I think that they've tried to, um, you know, paint vampires in, you know, in a, in a very positive light, um, you know, especially in in movies you know except for you know a few um you know example you know examples where that's not really the case like the movie near dark with uh bill paxton lance hendrickson i mean that is or or the lost boys you know the vampires are not the good guys of course you do because you know we're both gen xers and that was like one of the defining movies of our generation but um yeah it's like they've they tried to paint them as being this anti-hero or this misunderstood um entity being i guess you could say but really i mean the um the vampire of folklore like i said is like walking dead it's this this grotesque figure that raised that rises from the grave and goes out and spreads disease and and uh murders people and and eats its own uh grave shroud it's it's not this um I hate to break anybody's heart, but it's not Robert Pattinson oh. before being Batman. It's it's not. Um, if if anything, the real vampire folklore is closer to Nosferatu than it is to Lestat and Louis. Yeah, and you know what? I think Robert Patterson's uh, whole motive on Batman was just to say that he was a vampire and became Batman. <laughs> I, I think, think that I, that was his whole motivation. Yeah, yeah I think because I heard that he's not even going to do the sequels. Yeah, I heard that too, and that uh, like that Affleck, ben Affleck was going to. Yeah, be, yeah. Oh, God, I didn't. I mean, he's, I like Ben Affleck, but I, I, I don't know, man. The whole justice, I, I, that whole thing, man. I just didn't get into the justice. Yeah, I, didn't really, I liked Suicide Squad. I did like that, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you know, it's like it's it's with all the monsters that have been um, have you know been put out there over the years. You know, vampires, werewolves, the mummies. You know, there are all these misunderstood figures. And but I mean, really, you know, vampires and werewolves, for example, um, in the real folklore, are just are, are vicious killers. And you know, even with werewolves, of, um, you know, folklore. They're not, they don't become werewolves because they're bitten by another werewolf and they're cursed forever. No, they, they, they make pacts with Satan and, you know, um, magical beings and they, they become these, these vicious killers. Yeah, I, I made a pact with Satan and here we are. <laughs> I'm stuck with Rick Hale. This is my penance. That's right. That is your curse for all time, my friend. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to all you out there. Don't play with the devil. Join the hosts on Facebook at facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. 
That's facebook.com slash welcome to the initiative. Want to be a guest on Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk? Is there something you would like to hear discussed? Contact the hosts at shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. That's shadowinitiativetalk at gmail.com. Uh, sex ghost engaged to Roberto or whatever his name, Eduardo? Eduardo, yeah. Yeah, I've got the message out there for an interview request so we'll see what happens i just i told we, we told we told the fans we'd keep them up to date so it's yes, all on her now yes i would i honestly would be surprised if she if she wrote back and like yeah i want to come on and talk about sex with eduardo sure yes it'd be fantastic so what so, you got rick so speaking of british haunt um like i said earlier we're doing this doing this big series called trailing peter underwood for spookyowls.com and today for ghost watch i want to take us to eaton in the uk and one of uh peter's most interesting investigations uh where he actually dealt with some dark spirits that threatened to tear this uh this vicarage and parish apart so yes it, it, hopefully this won't be found in a uh, secondhand bookstore whatever <laughs> Churches are often thought of as places of tranquility and safety. The faithful believe these buildings are sanctified by God for the dual purpose of worship and fellowship with fellow believers. Nevertheless, a small handful of these houses of the holy are anything but. And Peter Underwood investigated one of these churches and vicarage where something other than God lurked. One morning, while perusing through the articles of two newspapers, Peter Underwood came across two articles detailing a story that was both curious and frightening. According to the articles in the Daily Mirror and the Daily Express, the vicar and parishioners of a church in Eaton believed their church was under attack by dark diabolical forces, forces that seemed determined to destroy the modest little church they loved so much. They claimed the the church, St. John the Evangelist in Eaton, was built over a spot where shadowy, shadowy cultists worshipped the devil and engaged in nefarious rituals. Even the unspeakable act of human sacrifice to appease their primordial gods. Vicar Christopher Johnson and his wife Annie went on record that an exorcism was performed in the church. And despite their best efforts to expel the evil, the demonic entities remained to carry on their campaign of terror. Annie herself had heard the cacophonous shrieks of girls in anguish on more than one occasion. Windows were smashed, the vicar's vestments had been disturbed, and the altar had been desecrated with the candles arranged for some kind of sinister ritual. The vicar's wife, ever a woman of strong faith, was quoted as saying, The devil has won this one, but it is not over yet. Courageous words that came from a belief in something greater than her fear. Without delay, the ghost hunter sent the vicar a letter inquiring if he could come to the vicarage and look into these claims for himself. Vicar Johnson agreed and informed Peter that the house was far more haunted than the church. A few days later, Peter and his wife traveled to Eaton to look into the bizarre claims of evil spirits. When the Underwoods arrived, the Johnsons regaled them with unnerving stories of demons and failed exorcisms that would chill even the most courageous to the bone. Vicar Johnson was convinced his church and parishioners were under a siege by the forces of hell. When they entered the church, Peter sensed what he called atmosphere, even though he wasn't psychic by any means. He did feel that something unnatural lurked in the church, but what that something was, he couldn't ascertain just yet. An investigation would have to be done. After the walkthrough, Peter asked if he could return with his colleagues from the ghost club. Vicar Johnson was all too happy to allow these learned men and women into his vicarage to try and figure out what was haunting it, and hopefully find out what it wanted. While the Ghost Club members conducted their investigation, mysterious running footsteps could be heard as well as the rattling of an old letterbox. It was determined that the vicarage wasn't being haunted by anything inhuman, but rather very much human. It would seem that in the 19th century, the vicarage was run by a vicar who was known to be strict and overly stern with his three daughters. Although the three girls had blossomed into lovely young women, 
The vicar wouldn't allow them to have any suitors, and they weren't allowed to ever leave their rooms. The sound of the letterbox followed by the sound of running footsteps were from young men clandestinely dropping messages in the post and then running away so as not to run afoul of the vicar. A visiting exorcist claimed that the girls' spirits were tied to their rooms and the phantom forms seen in the rooms were the girls. And as for the shrieking Annie heard, those were the three girls screaming and sobbing over the cruelty of their father. The spirit of the cruel vicar was present as well and had taken possession of Vicar Johnson on several occasions, causing him to say and do things that completely went against his nature. Annie further believed that the ghostly vicar attempted to strangle her one night as she slept. When she awakened, she could see no one but felt two strong hands around her neck. During a seance, another entity that had nothing to do with the vicar and the daughters revealed itself. The entity claimed it was responsible for the death of a child and buried the child's body in the garden by a bush. Although a body was never found, Annie Johnson did remark that on more than one occasion, she was overcome by a deep sadness in the garden. When the investigation and seance was completed, the ghost hunter informed the vicar that whatever malevolent force was haunting the vicarage was laid to rest and would trouble him no more. Years later, in the early 1990s, after years of vandalism, the vicarage was sold to a local college and it was turned into flats. Whatever dark paranormal force forces that plagued the church were gone and never troubled the students that resided there. I'm Rick Hale, and this was Ghostwatch. Fantastic. Now, when you do um, the stuff for Spooky Isles, uh, is it just going to be article-related, or are you going to actually talk what like do uh, a show or something with them well yeah because yeah, we got david coming on next month yeah david saunders well that's what i'm mm-hmm. saying with the with the spooky owls thing that you're doing for ghost watch um mm-hmm. and you know it's, it's, it's going to be your articles or you know whatever you for something for people to read um i guess i i'm asking are you, are you going to like do a little video of you reading it or do it like a ghost watch or um not not really i don't think so i mean he hasn't uh david hasn't asked me to do anything like that i i, I would of course i wouldn't be opposed to it I yeah that'd be, to that'd be, be cool to do, to do on like um yeah do it on the the spooky owl facebook page that'd be pretty cool yeah you know let me let me talk to him or what we could do is is uh maybe we could is there any way that we could edit that in there and we could just send it Two spooky owls. I mean, you're 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 like the genius, the the mad scientist on that side of things. I have no idea how to do that kind of stuff. Oh, I mean, we can take any excerpt of Ghost Watch you want. You know, as a matter of fact, there's that whole first season video um, mm-hmm. that we put together visually of you just doing yeah. the ghost watches. Mm-hmm. That would be something that Spooky Owl could post. Do you enjoy reading about the paranormal? Check out the highly rated literary works from us, the hosts of Shadow Initiative TV. Paranormal investigator Rick Hale offers you the Geek's Guide to the Strange and Unusual, Poltergeist, Ghosts, and Demons. Bullets, Booze, and Babes, The Haunted History of Chicago and Illinois. And behold, shocking true tales of terror and some other spooky stuff. But if you're thirsty for more, I bring you True Case Files of a Paranormal Investigator and Dark Spirits, a man terrorized by the supernatural. But if you want to go even further, dive deep into the dark reality of haunted dolls. Check out my paranormal bestsellers, Norman, the doll that needed to be locked away, and Norman 2, the true story of a possessed doll's revenge. Available at Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and wherever fine books are sold. What are you going to do? I'll tell you what I'm going to do. Welcome back, my friends, to the Shadow Initiative Paranormal Talk with your hosts, Ghost Hunters, Rick Hale and Stephen Lancaster, also authors. You may find my books in secondhand bookstores. You may find (laughs) Rick's books during Friday night's Beulahville book burning. (laughs) 
Either See, way, that's just mean, what? man. I'm oh, like doing oh. it tongue in cheek, and you're so just like, who's gonna so these books? So am I. I mean, it was one nice. time. It was one time. <laughs> it was it was one book burning. That's all it took. <laughs> just one. Uh, <laughs> and it wasn't even colored in yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Right. Jokes are over now, I guess. <laughs> so, Rick. <laughs> Yes, Stephen. You know, this this brings me to, and it's funny because I I may surprise you with my feelings towards this. Okay, it's not so much an issue now. It, it seems like uh, the paranormal community um, is constantly mm-hmm. changing. Like, there's always something that they're bitching about. You know, it's pretty much all true. the changes is what's their bit what they're bitching about. But you remember, like ten years ago. If if somebody mm-hmm. said if somebody said they had a degree in parapsychology, dude, okay. the paranormal community was bullshit. You know, all oh, people calling themselves this, that, and the other thing. You know, because why? Because they didn't learn that or or didn't gain that knowledge from a place that's accredited. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's like there are so many people against learning it's like i I don't care you know i don't care if it's accredited or it's not accredited or some council or board of directors recognizes the course if you walk Mm -hmm. away learning something of value why can't you be respected for having that knowledge i agree yeah you know it it, it makes me think uh, there are two universities that i can think of where you could get where you could take an accredited course in parapsychology edinburgh was i believe yeah at, well actually three then um edinburgh uh duke university and uh cambridge university um in the uk those were three where you could actually go and sit underneath you know parapsychologists um and and learn from them and actually get a degree and, you know, I, I don't know about you, Stephen, but when I started doing this stuff back in the early 1990s, started investigating, I honestly thought I was the only person doing this that didn't have an advanced degree or a Ph.D. or whatever attached to his name. I, yeah, I was just some Joe Schmo out there hunting ghosts. The fresh prince of the paranormal. Yeah. Yeah, boy. Oh, my God. But, you know, shit, it's got to start somewhere. I, I mean, mm-hmm. a university or a college historically had to start somewhere where people just mm-hmm. accepted the fact that these were going to be the teachers. This is what you have to do to complete the course. And then you're accredited or, or your diploma, whatever, you know. So I like seeing that these organizations are popping up for psychical research, you mm-hmm. know, and, and I see no problem. With people learning from them, because it's it's, a, it's it's hard to get this information other places. Yeah, I mean, you got you got cats like uh, Lloyd Auerbach, mm-hmm. you know, you, who's, who's been teaching uh, paranormal classes for not just you know years, but literally decades. I would I would pay good money to sit underneath his tutelage. I really would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But again, it's not so much of an argument anymore. You know, it's Mm -hmm. weird. It's really weird, Rick, when you think back to 10, 15 years ago with social media and and the state Mm -hmm. of of paranormal on social media to now. You know, there was going through that whole paranormal unity thing, you know, and it it just it's it's weird. That you can see, and mm-hmm. we we've aged enough and been around long enough to see some some sort of evolution. I don't know whether it's for the better or not, but things have changed. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, one of the things that I always found, you know, that kind of goes along with this that I find real interesting on social media, you have people who are always like, "There's no such things as experts in the paranormal." You see that. You know, literally everywhere. I mean, social media has become like the hot mess of the paranormal world in yeah. some in some ways. And yeah. so you see that a lot where people are like, you know, there's no such, such things as experts. Fine. But 
Then you watch the television shows, and these same people that say there's no such things as experts, all of a sudden are experts once they get on television where they're doing some kind of a, a gig where they're, you know, offering commentary or, you know, whatever on, you know, some paranormal video shows that come out, you know, like paranormal caught on camera. And it, it's like, so which, which is it? Are there really experts in the field or isn't there experts in the field? Can you learn from learned men and women in this field and in, in, a, in a college setting? Or are you just going to get your accreditation or accreditation from some website, um, you know, that takes your money and then fills your head full of stuff that you can learn from a television show, from a weekly television show? It's, it, it's, it, it's just, it, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes you know where where does it where where does where does the real expertise end and where does the bullshit begin well also what i'm trying to say i like to ask these people to define an expert to me yeah because okay let's say my neighbor over here he's never been to mechanic school you know he, he's mm-hmm. never been trained in any way but the motherfucker can fix anything yeah, he's an expert. He is an expert at engines. Right. He doesn't have yeah. to have some professor say, "Yep, he's an expert." No, he is. the 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 hunter that goes out and from start to finish hunts down the animal, comes home, skins it, dresses it, all that stuff. Did not go to school for that. They are an expert in that. So where mm-hmm. where do you draw the line? What is the definition of an expert? Well, I think that you can be an expert in things like historical cases. Um, you can be an expert in like in areas of photography, um, you know, EVP, uh, ITC. You know, we had um, we had mm-hmm. Tim Woolworth on. He is an expert on ITC. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm. He is an expert. And you know, I think that you can. I think that you can have expertise and stuff like that. But as far as being an expert on what happens on this side of life, I don't think you're going to really know those things until you become that which you hunt, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and even that, even, even the term ghost hunter, that is one that is not well liked. And again, I don't, it's because people don't understand the history behind the term ghost hunter. I mean, sure. Paranormal investigator and stuff that was, that was well used as well but not as used by people who were experts like Hans Holzer, Brad Steiger, Peter Underwood, um, Elliot O'Donnell, um, Henry Price, or Harry Price, excuse me. These were all people who called themselves ghost hunters. So it's like there is a certain, you know, historicity behind, you know, calling yourself an expert or calling yourself a ghost hunter. And I think that that is... We've talked about this on the show before. I think that people kind of miss out on that history, that this does go back way before 2004 when the, um, you know, Super Mario Brothers of the Paranormal, the plumbers from Rhode Island, you know, went out and did their thing. Not to impugn their expertise in the subject, because I'm sure Jason Hawes is a a decent enough guy. But um, it does go back further. And these these terminologies, you know, like ghost hunter and stuff like that, there there is history behind them. And there is history of being able to call yourself an expert in certain areas of this field. And well, I think it, that people have forgotten that. He, here's a, a truth, an interesting fact that I have probably never told you before, but I'm going to tell okay. you now. I absolutely despised the label ghost hunter. The title Ghost Hunter. Really? I despised it. When I released my first book and I got the um, uh, proof to give my approval on, they referred to me on the back cover as Ghost Hunter. Join Ghost Hunter Stephen Lancaster on some of his more incredible Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. I fucking hated it. Because Mm -hmm. Ghost Hunter to me was just, it, it was too related to the TV people. I didn't like that. And here's the honest to goodness truth. I did not accept. And now you notice I say it all the time. I refer to you and me as ghost hunters all the time now. Yeah. So I did not really accept that until I met you. 
That is that is the absolute truth. When I met is you, that right? and yes, and you and I started talking, because everybody else in my life up until then just called themselves paranormal investigators. Mm-hmm. You know, anybody I rolled with 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 my team, the pit crew, paranormal investigation team, we were never called we never called each other ghost hunters. But when when yeah. you and I started really talking, getting to know each other, that kind of thing, and you kept referring to yourself as ghost hunter, I was like, well, here's a guy that I respect. Here's a guy that, for some reason or another, I thought it was because I drank Aww. all the time. Uh, you know, I like. You know, again, I was blaming the alcohol, but now I'm sober, so I, I, it's weird. I still like you, but um, so you know, I was like, he refers to himself as that, and he's not what I had put in my head. As being the ghost hunter. You, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And that's when I was like, okay, not everybody who wears that hat is what I've been thinking this whole time. You know? Right. And that's when I just gave into it and be like, yeah, we are fucking ghost hunters. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, you know what? I, I think it it goes back to me. It's a, it's an idea of being genuine. Like, I would never dream of pretending to be something that I'm not. So like, it's like, with, you know, like I, having a full head of hair. Yeah. <laughs> having a full head of hair. Um, yeah. So I would never dream of being something that I'm not. And, I, you know, and, and the and ghost hunter, not only is there a history behind that term, but it's just it's kind of a stripped down um, description of what we do. So I, I just um, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. And it's it's funny, too, because it's like I'm actually beginning to hear more and more people refer to themselves as this yeah i i think my biggest issue with it was the same issue i've had with everything in film in music you know i i've always supported the independent artist and i think what really bothered me the most is that the 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 phrase or term or or, or label became commercialized and mm-hmm. that's that's what bothered me the most about it is it just became it's like being called a pop musician. You know, when you I hate pop, you know, I, I don't yeah. call me that. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. but now now it's it, it's fine. I, and then I'm to the point now in my age where I don't give a fuck anyway. You know. Exactly. I mean, I'm not I'm not out, you know, for TV ratings and I'm not out to impress anyone. I, I just want to be the best Rick Hale that I could possibly be. I mean, that's, that's what it really just boils down to. So is it, is this going to be it then? What, what, what you got going on right here? What do you mean? Is this the best Rick Hale that you can possibly be? This is be? the best. I, I, I no, you, Hey, you can always be better, you know, can be you? best. Um, can you, yeah, no, you can, you can always be better. You can always, you know, expand your knowledge and but yeah you, you know what i'm saying i mean just just be you be who you are and um you know who gives a damn what other people think that's that's something that i'm always trying to teach my son you know just be genuine yeah just you know c- compile a bunch of videos of me and 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 make him sit there and watch them no no not 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 after that TikTok video. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that I actually have to say I, which one. <laughs> the one with uh with the cat with uh the, the peanut the, butter uh, woman. Yeah, the peanut butter. Yeah, that was yeah. uh for for some reason when I showed that to Jamie, I thought I'm like, I I believe this. <laughs> I believe that he would be capable of this. This is the guy I do a show with every week. <laughs> so, yeah. So go out there and look for this. I, I look for Stephen Lancaster, peanut butter, woman dressed in cat suit. <laughs> See what we're talking about. <laughs> hey, you won't be disappointed. You won't be disappointed. No, you won't be disappointed. So, you know, with that being said, I think maybe it's about time to wrap these shenanigans because I, I use your word there. Boom mm-hmm. shenanigans Because I know you got some stuff you have to do Yeah Like put this show together <laughs> Yep <laughs> For starters Well cool man and, uh, It's been a great show Thank you guys for tuning in again And uh, you can hit us up as always At facebook.com Welcome to the initiative 
share us your stories at shadow initiative talk at gmail.com for Rick's special segment called ghost watch. Oh no, your encounters from beyond or whatever it is. Oh, encounters from beyond. Yes. Holy wow, crap. Man, that's sick. No, I got I got distracted from something. I got I'm I'm doing the show upstairs in my son's room, and I got the window open. I'm looking. I'm like, what is this guy doing over here? He's lying. He's he's watching my peanut butter video. Yeah, it's like he's like this dude just thinking of like walking past the house, sort of slow rolling past here. It's like, what is this guy doing? But whatever, he's gone. It's probably some drunk dude walking down the street. Um, but yeah, uh, encounters from beyond. If you have a, you know an encounter with a ghost alien cryptid and anything you know dealing with you know the supernatural the paranormal uh psychic activity send it our way and i will read it here um on the air and and if your story is compelling enough we'll have you on the show so you can tell us all about it and Stephen, where can they send that they can send that to shadow initiative talk at gmail.com fantastic so, guys, we will catch you the next time we catch ourselves. Catch you on the flip. We're out. If you've enjoyed this episode, share it with your friends. 